Go beyond the superficial. Go beyond the noise. And Hype delivers business knowledge gained from developing and manufacturing hundreds of products, working with high-growth entrepreneurs from all over the world. Focus skills and passion into innovative ideas. Take control. Transform product ideas into business realities. This is End Hype. Transform product ideas into business reality. My name is Callie Keen, and this is End Hype. On today's show, we're going to talk about how to validate ideas. So you're in the shower, you got struck by a lightning bolt, you got hit by Zeus, and you're going to turn your life and you're going to ruin it chasing after some idea that nobody wants, you can't afford to make, and years of your life are just gone down the drain. Or you're going to be a millionaire. You had a million dollar idea. It's going to skyrocket to the moon. All of your hopes, your dreams, your desires, your wildest fantasies are about to come true because you have just come up with a winning product idea. Well, probably neither of those things are true, but I want to step through a very simple process. I'm going to give you six steps. You can break this last step into something on the feasibility fence onto should we do this thing? Not, is it a good idea? Let's go over some very simple steps to break down. Hey, that idea that I had, is it a million dollar idea? Is it a winning product idea? Or is it something that I should just move on from? And the first question I want you to ask yourself in this is, what problem are you solving? Now, I love this question because very rarely does somebody actually think, hey, does my product actually solve a problem or is it just something clever that I thought of? But in general, the way that your brain works is it's come up with that as a solution. It's taken a problem or it's taken a few things that you've seen and it's combining those into something new. And if you can get a little bit of emotional intelligence and understand why did I come up with this idea? What would this do for me? Why do I think that this is novel and interesting? You'll figure out it solves a problem. There's other people that might have this problem. This sounds crazy, but most people don't go this far. They just ask me, hey, can I make this thing? And I tell them, I can make anything. It doesn't mean that you can afford to have it made. It doesn't mean that you can afford to market it. It doesn't mean that it should be made. It just means, yeah, I can make anything that you want. So let's go through the business case of that. Let's build a logical argument of why you should build a business or expand your business around this crazy idea that you just had. So what problem do you solve? Well, it's a lot easier to market a product if it solves a problem. And as we're understanding what problem that it does solve, we can ask ourselves, well, what's the value of that problem if it was solved? Does it cost someone their money? Does it cost them their sanity? How often does it occur? If I know the frequency and I know that pain level, I can see, is this something that really should exist? Is this something that people are going to run out to go purchase? Is this something that people are going to tell their friends about? Is it going to have the impact that you want so you can more easily build a premium brand? So if you're doing something very special and addressing a high need, you can attach that to mission, to principle, to impact, and all of these pieces that really build something memorable, something shareable. But if you don't know the value of the problem you're solving, you're probably going to make a kind of me too competitive commodity product that we're really going to have to fight for market share. That brings us to 
our third piece. What do people do now? What do they buy now? They have to do something. Well, maybe not. One of our biggest competitors in life is nothing. It is the status quo. It is not moving forward at all. If you're trying to lose weight, the biggest competition is just no diet at all. It's not between low carb and high carb. It's between not doing anything. Most problems in life are like this. But let's say that customers did go out. They bought product after product because this problem was so intense for them. They had to have it solved. That's a really good sign. That validates that the pain exists. How are we doing these things? How are we figuring out what product it is? How are we doing these things? How are we figuring out what problem exists? How are we figuring out the level of pain that people experience? How do we figure out what people are buying? We could speculate. We could use complex analysis tools, or we could do something really simple. We can just ask. We can just ask a few people. We can just listen to them. This is going to feed into later steps, but this is simple. Speaking to real human beings is one, free, and two, beats any analysis tool on earth when you're just starting. Now, let's say that you went and talked to a few people and they said, yeah, I bought this product. I bought that product. That doesn't invalidate your idea. That means that there is a market for this. That means that people had a pain at a certain level where they went out and they attempted to solve it. Competition makes the market. If you go talk to a bunch of people and they've never thought about this. They've never wondered why. They've never tried to solve this problem. They've never purchased anything. And you spend that whole phone call convincing them that they have a problem and that they should seek a solution. This is a a bad sign. This is something where I would pump the brakes. Your idea is either poor or your customer target is poor. Remember, ideas aren't about being smart or being dumb. Fidget spinners were a multi-billion dollar industry. It's an objectively bad idea. Subjectively, millions and millions of people bought them. It was a craze. Every year, there's a craze like that. Every year, new businesses make millions of dollars around ideas that objectively aren't so impactful that it'll change the world. They just make someone feel a certain way. Existing products mean people want it. They want something. There is a place for your idea to land. This brings us to the fourth question. How can you be better? Not more features, but a better solution. Now, if somebody's already purchased something or they've been burned by something in the past, you have to be substantially better than what exists to push off the market leader, to get somebody to come back around to solving this problem, to get somebody to move off of something that they've already purchased. You must be 10x better. You at least should be thinking about how can I be 10 times better? Now, part of that is going to be in your product, but most of it is going to be in your messaging, who you target, how you talk about the product, how you present it to someone. Because understand when we talk about problems and the value of the problem being solved, the pushback that I get most commonly is, ah, most problem, uh, you know, most products, they don't solve any problems. They're just, uh, it's just a t-shirt. It's just a hat. It's just a bar of chocolate. But if you listen to the show, If you follow me online, if you're a part of the end hype movement, you know that products like that solve deep human needs. They solve problems that are built into our life, into our civilization, into our experience as a human. And that's why they're so powerful. That's how brands work. That's how the world works. So when you understand what somebody is seeking, what they need in their life, 10x better doesn't have to mean that it has one more knob on it. It doesn't mean it has to be that much smaller, like a tenth of the size or 10 times the size or whatever, it needs to have 
that level of impact, that level of resonance. It needs to be 10 times better in fulfillment, in that promise of fulfillment. How can you be way better, not slightly better? That's what we should be working towards. Usually that's done in how we emotionally communicate. Usually that's done in how we communicate with the customers, not some technical, magical thing that we do. So the fifth question that I want you to ask yourself when you're validating a product, whether this is going to be a winner or it's going to dangerously entrap you in a failing business, is this. Is the market that you're playing in, the space that you're playing in, the industry that you're playing in, is it growing? Is it fading away? Or is it a trend? Now, by nature, people love trends. They love the it thing. Oh, TikTok's out now. Oh, cryptocurrency. Oh, it's fantastic. Trends come and go. I want to see something that is here to stay. I want to see something that is evergreen. I don't want to see where we can just sell a product once or maybe twice a year. I want to see that, hey, this is a growing market, but it's something that's been around for a long time. It's something that I can easily say, yeah, it will be around in the future as well. I don't want you and I to work together and spend a lot of effort, a lot of our life developing something that in a year nobody's going to want. I've been there. I've made that mistake. I don't want you to make that mistake. I want you to use market analysis. You can use Google trend analysis. You can use search terms. You can use exploding topics. You can use any number of social listening tools to figure out, is this something that people care about? Are they caring about it more or less? And how long have they cared about this thing at all? If you search for your idea, most likely you're not going to get as good of results as if you search for the problem. I love doing this. I do this for patent analysis as well. We start searching for keywords around the problem, and I inevitably find that somebody has solved that problem 80 times, including 100 years ago. It's very interesting. Same thing with businesses. We as humans, we have the same problems over and over and over again. So if, when you start searching for your product ideas, yes, that idea might be pretty new. The problem that you're solving may be fairly old. But is that industry growing or is it going? Pretty simple. So those five things are really easy, quick analysis that you can do. But I'll be honest with you, with a good copywriter and a marketer, you can make a lot of things fit. With a good designer and a good product development team, you can make pretty much anything. That's good, but it's also dangerous. After we move away from how do I validate if this is a winning product? A lot of that's going to be based on your skills, not really the idea. I want you to consider feasibility. Not feasibility and this exists, but is this the right vehicle for me to be successful as an entrepreneur? So a lot of people's ideas, they have no ability to execute on them. If you want to be the person that said, yeah, 20 years ago, I had the idea for Facebook, but you never learned PHP, go ahead. Invest in the regret of having ideas that you couldn't execute on. I spend zero time, zero mental energy on ideas I can't execute. Those are just little thoughts that are floating through your head. When I think of ideas, I think, who do I know that can help me build this thing? What is it going to cost? How long will it take? And really the most important question is, do I have access to customers who actually will purchase this product? How do I get access to the people that I'm going to sell to? Instead of focusing on, are there patents that I can't avoid? Instead of focusing on technical details or focusing on getting funding, focus on go-to-market strategy. How am I actually going to sell this product? Other people are making something similar. 
Can you go to manufacturers and say, how much would it cost to develop a product like this? Can you do that without revealing too much intellectual property? Can you go to a company that already makes an existing product and you can see, will they let me wholesale it? Will they let me customize it, private label it? For a lot of things, the answer is yes. You'd be surprised. Most companies struggle to make sales. They struggle to sell their product. So you going to them and saying, hey, I'll help sell your product for you or I'll help make you money. It's a great proposition for a business. Hey, I'll help make you money. No, we're in business for the fun of it. But the answer always lies in this is for that idea. Do you have access to those customers? And if you don't have access to them, how much would it cost for you to have access? So are you going to run Facebook ads? You're going to run YouTube pre-roll ads. Are you going to work with an influencer? Do you know somebody who knows all those people? Do you have access to a brand that's already sold to all of them? Do you have access to a service provider, a coach, to anyone that has already collected that community of customers? If not, that's the thing you should be working on. If you want to validate an idea, that's great. I want you to validate an idea that you can turn into a business. That's what this podcast is about. If you're listening to this thinking, hey, is it possible to make XYZ? Yes, it is probably possible. Unless it's high science, it is 100% possible I could make you that product. If I don't have the time or I'm not a great fit, I can connect you with the perfect person to make that product. That's not an issue. If you're wondering, hey, will somebody want this product? Well, most likely that's going to be in your marketing skills. Whatever your marketing strategy is, you're going to have to have some kind of expertise built around that. Because if you think that you're going to come up with an idea, slap it on a landing page and everybody's going to like it, the answer is none of those ideas work. Highly unlikely that's going to be successful. But if you look at ideas through the lens of execution, all ideas are possible to be made and all ideas are sellable with the right skills. So those aren't the right questions to ask. The right question to ask is, should I make this idea? Is it too expensive for me? Do I not have the skills? Do I not have access to the customers? Those are the, the right questions to ask. So look at feasibility. Do I understand the development? Can I go get some pricing? Can I go ask a product development company? The budget is. If it's a custom product and you don't have $50,000, probably don't have enough money to develop the product. You most certainly don't have enough money to develop the product and market the product, for sure. And if that's the case, we're solving this problem for a lot of people that want to get involved in e-commerce a number of ways, selling somebody else's product, selling a wholesale product, a private label product, working with one of the startups or e-commerce companies that are in the community so you can get a lot of the skills that you need. There's lots of other avenues to make money online with physical products or in real life with physical products that don't involve going broke, paying a development company tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars then to get to market and realize that you don't know how to sell it, which is, I'll be honest, most common story that I hear. Hey, I started this clothing line. How do I get more traffic? Hey, I started this clothing line and I think I figured out traffic, but I'm not making any sales. Like I hear the, the same stories over and over again. I hear it from apparel brands up to technical products. Hey, I've spent the last 15 years of my life developing this science and developing this product and getting the patents. We've spent almost a million dollars on the patents and I keep applying to grants and I got a grant and we did this, but now I don't understand how to commercialize this intellectual property. Well, great. So really fancy ideas and really dumb ideas, they fall flat because you don't think through feasibility. I hope this is insightful for you. This is one of those topics that's very common for people to ask. They don't like my answer because they want me to give them a tool that says, yes, your idea was great or no, it wasn't great. In reality, if somebody's buying something like what you've just thought of already, 
it's a good idea. You just might not have the engineering and design knowledge, and you probably don't have the marketing knowledge to make it a good idea. And if you can't afford to hire the right people to be on your team, then that idea can't be executed. You either have the skills and the time or you have the money. Look at ideas like that. Figure out what your budget is that you can spend on developing a product or launching a product brand. Come up with ideas that fit into that or really simple ideas that just make you money and then progressively do more and more complex things and then go after that big hero idea. Go after that big thing. That's what I like to do. I mean, that's basically the core of our strategy. Sell simple stuff, sell using other people's audience, do progressively crazier and crazier things to take advantage of big opportunities. Go from no brand to six figure to seven figure or wherever you want to go. Fairly straightforward. It's not complicated. I want you to spend a little bit of time, do some product research, come up with cool ideas and validate whether you have a winning product. My name is Callie Keen and this has been End Hype.